Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, I'm Sandy Toxvig, and this is We Will Get Past This where I welcome you into my calm room of books, so I can share tales from history of various deeds. Some brave, some baffling, others downright idiotic, in a bid to comfort the soul in this challenging time we find ourselves in. Some of these were recorded with specific dates in mind, but as we've all come to realise, none of that kind of thing really matters. My diary's wide open. There are no rules about when something can be enjoyed, so take a moment to relax and remember this. We will get past this. Hello there, how nice to see you. Come on in, sit down. Oh, I wish you could smell it. I've made chicken soup. I wonder if you could do scratch and sniff for podcasts. That's probably already a thing. Not something I want to think about. You know, with the soup, I am really enjoying the comforting smell of it. Uh, not that making soup in our house is a new thing. We had roast chicken the other day, and I never let the carcass go to waste. I'm not ready to be vegetarian, but I don't want the chicken to have died needlessly either. Uh, if nothing else, we're also having a useful reminder at the moment about not wasting anything. There's something really comforting about chicken soup. You wake up, I don't know, feeling a little blue or under the weather, and you immediately think, chicken soup. Obviously, this led me to wonder how long we've been eating chicken soup for. Uh, this is a marvellous book called Food in History. Okay, this is not an easy subject. Uh, food in history, well, you know, ancient history, uh, tends not to be easy to find because, well, people ate it. Uh, I studied archaeology at university and it is fascinating, but you are basically digging through a lot of old poo. Uh, according to this beautiful book, uh, the chicken first makes an appearance in the human diet uh, maybe six or seven thousand years ago. Uh, it pops up in present-day Pakistan in what is known as the pre-Indus Valley Civilization. Uh, so there's a site, for example, called Remanderi in the Gomal Valley, uh, which is fascinating. It's one of the earliest planned urban sites found in South Asia. Uh, they had streets and a proper network. They made ceramics, terracotta figurines. And it says here that the people ate wheat and barley and the field pea, cooked their meat in sesame oil and seasoned it with mustard and possibly turmeric or ginger. They would be familiar with sheep, goats, buffalo and pig and may even have begun on the domestication of the Indian jungle fowl later to become the world's chicken. I love that human beings wanted to spice their food thousands of years ago. It is a lesson I learned a long time ago. Many years ago, I canoed the Zambezi 
That's an odd sentence. I, I cannot say it was easy. Uh, it's nearly 3,000 miles and it's, you know, very wet. Uh, as has been the way in my life, I was with a film crew and we crossed the border into Mozambique shortly after the end of civil war there. So a street market had sprung up and I was surprised to see garlic for sale. It was only 10 cents, but for people who had less than nothing, it seemed a surprising purchase. And I mentioned this to the woman who was showing us around and she shook her head at me and said, Sandy, we are not dead. We still want our food to taste nice. And it was a life lesson. I was ashamed of myself. I really enjoy cooking. I have lots of cookbooks, uh, some written by chefs I know quite well now. Uh, today, March the 28th, is, as far as I can figure out, uh, the birthday in 1708 of one of the very first women to write a cookbook in English. Uh, Hannah Glass, a Londoner, was, if you like, the Delia Smith of her day. Uh, the book was called The Art of Cookery Made Plain and Easy, and it was the most popular cookbook of the entire 18th century. Uh, she wrote it because she and her husband had no money. Uh, sadly, and I think possibly surprisingly, I don't have a copy of the work. Uh, but gloriously, you can download it for free on the internet and marvel how the world has changed. I loved reading it. Uh, there are instructions, for example, of how to force the inside of a rump of beef, which sounds as though it ought to be illegal. Uh, there's also a listing entitled The French Way of Dressing Partridges, which... I imagine involves them wearing a beret and a stripy jumper. Uh, there are no weights and measures included. Uh, the world would have to wait till Eliza Acton produced clearer recipes in 1845. And in the US, it was another 50 years before the marvellously named Fanny Farmer introduced more exact specifications of quantities in her 1896 Boston Cooking School cookbook. I always wondered how you even start writing a cookbook. Uh, in Glass's case, she seemed to have just borrowed quite a lot of recipes from other books. Uh, there are original recipes, including the first known curry recipe written in English, and the first recorded use of jelly in trifle, raw. And the book contains the very first time anyone saw the words Yorkshire pudding in print. Glass's style was new in that she wrote not for the high and mighty, but for domestic staff in households. So the language was accessible and that's probably what made it so popular. Uh, she would say wonderful things like, use enough herbs to fit on a sixpence. I like that, it's nice and clear. The book was so good that the legendary English writer Dr. Johnson declared it could not possibly have been written by a woman. So I thought uh, I would ransack my cookbooks for recipes during this time, but in general, I am missing uh, one or other of the ingredients. The result is that I have a new relationship with the things I'm cooking. I'm having to think about it more. I'm taking my time over each onion, each carrot, and it's made me remember how much we, we marveled when I was a child at a simple orange. So it's hard to believe in these days of global trade, but as a toddler in early 1960s Denmark, an orange was a rare thing and it was an incredible treat. My father would cut a small hole in the skin and push a sugar cube into the middle of the fruit. Then my brother and I would sit on the front step, sucking the life out of the thing. I can still remember the sweet, slightly sticky juice wetting my lips and sometimes slipping down my chin. Heaven. So I'm not the first person in my profession to wax lyrical about food. If you read a work called the Amphitikons, uh, and who hasn't, uh, it's an ancient Greek piece from nearly two and a half thousand years ago, you can find an old Greek comic called Teleclides, imagining a glorious golden age of food in which he declares, 
I will then tell of the life of old which I provided for mortals. First there was peace over all, like water over hands. The earth produced no terror and no disease. On the other hand, things needful came of their own accord. Every torrent ran with wine, and barley pastes fought with wheaten loaves to be first to men's lips. Fish would come to the house and bake themselves, then serve themselves up at table. A river of soup, swirling along hot pieces of meat, would flow by the couches. Conduits full of piquant sauces for the meat were close at hand for the asking. How divine. I am, even in this short space of time, appreciating all food more, but I do miss eating out. And not because of the food, I realise it's because of the noise of other diners. Eating in company is one of life's great pleasures. I am really missing it. Uh, the Romans loved a food gathering, although interestingly, uh, in, in Roman times, it was mainly the lower classes who ate out. So, the restaurants of Britain are closed now, but my sister Jenny, who's a wonderful writer, is helping us all out. Uh, she has opened an imaginary place called Hashtag Toxfix. Uh, here you can book the table of your choice for as many people as you like. Uh, it's a very accommodating place. Uh, don't worry about getting in. The place is huge or small, uh, depending on what you're looking for. Uh, there's an outdoor space as well, obviously, uh, and the restaurant is situated in your ideal location. Uh, whatever you want to see out of the window is there. Snowy mountainside, steamy jungle, green, green meadow, cascading waterfall, elegant garden, and the chef will prepare such meals as take your fancy while you wear what you like. Come in pyjamas or black tie. I love it there. The coffee is exactly the right strength and the perfect temperature. I can sit with my dear departed dad in the secret walled garden where small, colourful Moroccan lamps light your way to the table all the way down to the path and tiny fairy lights glint in the trees. A wheat roast duck and those caramelised potatoes we only ever have at Christmas. The bill? It's on the house at hashtag Toxfix. If the upshot of this time is that we are all more grateful for what is on our table, then that surely will be a good thing. So I mentioned missing uh, the sound of other diners to my wife and ever helpful. Uh, she downloaded some sound effects from the internet. It's of people in a busy restaurant and she keeps playing it at the dinner table. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there it is now. Uh, it, I mean, it's nice, but it, now she can't stop. It, it turns out uh, there is a website which has all sorts of possible noises. It's free. It's given her a taste for adding sound ambience to our lives. Oh, there's another one. What, what is that? <laughs> okay, now, yeah, she's playing badminton over my head. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Yep. Good shot, darling. <laughs> anyway, if you can, uh, make some chicken soup or soup of any kind. It's actually good for you. Uh, full of things to boost the immune system and help with inflammation. That, that's not just a feeling on my part, it's science. Uh, I better go. Um, I think my wife has just taken off in a spaceship. Take care, be kind. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.